Welcome to 321 Go the Podcast. I'm John Pelkey. And I'm Carissa Galloway, and we're bringing you stories from start to finish to keep the everyday athlete motivated to keep moving towards the next finish. All right, folks, today we have the second of our costume couture chats. I'm using my college French there. Joining us today is Kristen Turkelson, a.k.a. Running in Makeup, to share her run Disney and costume journey. Yeah, and it was great to see Kristen this weekend at Wine and Dine. And shout out to her for volunteering for the 10K and the half, passing out medals. In Healthier You, we're going to talk about weight loss after menopause and open the mailbag to hear from Patrick. To all of you, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming up at the expo and the races and saying you're actually listening, John. People are actually listening. Thank you for doing that, for sharing when you're listening on Instagram. Please subscribe. That is the nicest thing you can do. And uh, let's do this. All right, Johnny, as we're recording this two days post wine and dine, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I hit a little bit of a wall yesterday on uh, on, on Monday. I, I felt pretty good when I got home on Sunday because uh, I, I popped over. I didn't I didn't stay uh, Sunday night. I, I came home because I had doggy duty. You know, when you have when you have dogs, uh, they, they can only go so long without uh, having you take them for a walk or else you you come home to things you don't want to come home to. Duty. Um, but I, I felt pretty good. I stayed up. I watched the Sunday night football game. I thought I'm, I'm going to get back on a normal schedule pretty quickly. And then yesterday, doing stuff around the house, hit a little bit of a wall middle of the afternoon. About 2 o'clock yesterday, I was uh, I, 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 I needed to take a break. Uh, how did you do? Did you run into the thing that I always run into, which is um, Monday morning, you wake up at like 2.45 in the morning and have that panicked moment? So it wasn't Sunday night because I went to Hollywood Studios with the family. We did we we shunned. We pushed away the uh, post race after party. <laughs> to shun, to push away a shoe. <laughs> we we say that a lot. If you haven't noticed, we like it. <laughs> we um, so we went to Brown Derby, and then we took Ellie loves Fantasmic. So we went to Fantasmic, and then I had my point is that I had a beer and two glasses of wine. So I slept through everything uh, on Sunday night, and then because of the time change, Ellie had woke up a little bit earlier in the hotel than I had wanted. Um, apparently, Weston says I went back to sleep for an hour after he woke up and didn't acknowledge any of them being awake. Um, but then last night, I had a healthier you chat. And right before it, I was really wiped out. Uh, we were waiting for an Instacart order that was delivered to the wrong house, got that all sorted out, and then had a nice early bedtime. So I feel okay, but it is that residual fatigue that kind of creeps up on you because you've just done something, you know, very out of the norm for the body. But uh, we're taping this today, so uh, looking forward to a Tuesday. We're going to go to the Olive Garden, take the kids out for a special celebratory Olive Garden. Both of my kids love Olive Garden breadsticks. So Hey, the soup salad and breadsticks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know what else is on the menu, but the soup salad and breadsticks. That's if what you don't I like get. those, I don't, I don't know what I Who can do you? for you. Who are you? You know, but Which, Claire's gymnastics meet that she had last week on Saturday, she got a 9.925 on floor. Which, if you know gymnastics, a 10 is perfect. Yeah. And they just don't give out those scores all the time. So we're going to go out uh, for her a little celebratory event there. And guys, John and I are going to chat a little about Wine and Dine. But we're got, we've got Riley uh, coming on next week to talk about Wine and Dine. That's right. Riley Claremont, who, by the way, we'll find out from him how it went because he has to get up Monday morning and drive all the way back to where he lives in North Carolina 
Um, so he, he did say that sometimes he gets up and leaves at like 3.30 or 4 in the morning because he's on that time schedule. That's the problem. Your body has now gotten used to it, and then it goes away. So, we, yeah, we will talk to Riley a lot about it. It was a great weekend. I can't say enough about how the weather cooperated because we start checking in a couple of weeks ahead of time, the 10-day forecasts, and it looked like it was going to be a little warmer and a little more humid than it was, and it actually ended up being um, almost perfect conditions. So we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk a lot about the some of the most inspirational stuff we've ever heard Certainly, I have one that I, I, I want to talk about, but we'll let Riley lead us into that in our next episode. We will. Um, real quick, we do want to get into today's episode because it's great. We went a little bit long, but I want to shout out. Uh, I mentioned the people saying they love the podcast. There was a huge response to DW's episode. Now, his episode came out the day before, the day the race started, essentially. And we're going to bring him back on to talk about it, so I don't want to say too much. But he said he was stopped almost the whole time by people sharing stories that were inspired by kind of the same thing he said about people feeling comfortable being themselves, people settling into that idea that, yeah, I might run a 13, 14, 15 minute mile, but I am an athlete. And hearing him say that too uh, meant a lot. And if if this podcast does nothing but help people feel more comfortable and more empowered by what they can do, like that's kind of the impetus of why we do this, why Run Disney, you know, makes things so magical. And John, I had so much fun at the race getting friendship bracelets. I got a lot friendship of friendship bracelets. bracelets. Me too. Me too. You brought a number of them to me. People stopped me at the finish line. So shout out to all that. Also, a lot of people saying that they enjoyed the podcast and uh, just just the usual amount of positive uh, feedback that we get for for those folks who, um, you know, maybe we're struggling through it. You know, we talk about this a lot. The elite runners up front and stuff, you know, they're they're there for their personal uh, bests, uh, personal records and stuff. And we certainly cheer them on. But it is those folks who are who are dealing with stuff, those folks who aren't sure they can make that final that final mile that we get to see at the finish line that uh, that really, really uh, fuel us after a very, very long weekend. So it was a great time. It was one of one of the better weekends uh, that I can remember. And certainly uh, the people have a lot to do with that. And the weather also has a great deal to do with that. So lots of fun the whole time. You, you know, you ran the 10K. How was it? Uh, it was amazing. And I did it in a different way than I usually do because I usually like to get out there and challenge myself and push myself because I don't get an opportunity to race very much. But this time I knew I was going to be Belle and I knew that our friends, Matthew Does Diz and Michael Does Diz, who we've had Michael on the podcast, they were also going to be in the Bell wheelhouse. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do the race with you guys. They stopped for all the pictures. I've never done that. So I was like, let's just do that. So Michael and uh, running, running to racing, running to the castle, Alisa, uh, they would go and they would run ahead of Matthew and Weston and I, and we would stay with Matthew. We were sticking to our run, walk, run intervals because he had a challenge weekend and Michael runs a little bit faster. They would get in line. We would meet up with them, take the picture, go on. But I got to really experience the race from a different point of view. Never stopped for all the characters. It was really fun. Got to take in the bands. The bands were phenomenal out there. And then I also got to experience when the race course gets a little bit more congested, as it does as the race goes on. But I will say, I thought it was very manageable. Everybody was very polite out there. And it was really such a fun atmosphere, especially I always love ending the race the way that 10K course ends. You go through Hollywood Studios, then you go down the boardwalk, and then you finish in Epcot. And when you get into Epcot, and I think you experience this too, and the flames are lit, 
and it's dark and the Disney music is playing and it's themed. It's just kind of a goosebumps moment. So we had a lot of fun. It was slower than my half marathon time for the 10K and I loved every second of it, John. Yeah, I'm glad you get to do it that way because, again, you know, when I talk about the elite runners and those who are like, shut up and start the race, you're among those people. You, you, that's how you normally are with me when I'm when I'm starting a race that you're in. So I'm glad you actually got to enjoy the uh, the leisure, more leisurely run. And, and as I tell everybody, your picture at the finish line, your picture with your medal, nobody knows what your time was. Nope. Nobody. Nobody cares. What we care is that you finish, that you feel good about yourself. And uh, and I'm glad that that worked out for you. And I look forward to seeing the pictures as much as I look forward to getting a copy of your book, which I haven't gotten yet. So I don't know what the what the story behind that is. But we'll get into that. Uh, off, we had a party. You were out of town. You really don't have a copy yet. I don't. Oh you, my you, gosh! You, I feel horrible now. You, I you've just, not it's given me simply, a copy. I forgot, and I'm sorry. Right. I, I, it doesn't even have to be an autographed copy at this. What could be a used copy at this point? <laughs> okay. For someone, me. I, if I'm you got my that. book and you hated it, please ship it to John. We'll give you his address. <laughs> Are you okay? Any races in your future? Are you training for anything at this point? So I need to. So next year for me is a big birthday year, and I'm not going to say it, but you can probably figure it out. And so I want to do. You look great for seventy. Thank That's you. All I have to thank say. You, you. look great yes, for seventy. Thank you. Perfect. Um, I want to do a marathon, so I have to find with my schedule, with training, like an actual marathon to train for because I haven't trained for a marathon since I ran Boston in 2019. Then I had Elliot. Then we have COVID. And then I just was taking on Ironman. I work so much, but I want to, honestly, after hearing the podcast and all the stories of people pushing themselves, I want to not be afraid to push myself for another marathon. So if you have any suggestions of a marathon, um, probably the fall of 2024, that's a fun one. I would love to do New York, but we can't do that as we talk about. So trying to find a fun one that you won't have to train through the Orlando summer, but has some good crowd support. Dare I say the Walt Disney World Marathon? I probably can't get into that. I probably have to do something that weekend too. But yeah, I'm going to find a marathon to train for. And speaking of races, you have, if everyone listens to this when it comes out, which will be on November 8th, uh, something fun racing wise for you. That's right. This uh, this coming weekend, if you're listening when we're uh, released and not uh, down the line sometime, uh, St. Pete Run Fest, which is one of my favorite events uh, to do uh, throughout the season. We have 5K and 10K on Saturday, the half marathon on Sunday. You're running in beautiful St. Pete as the sun comes up down along the water. It has a great vibe. The after party is phenomenal. It's just a great, great weekend. And you get to see uh, my wife and I work out all of our family business because she co-hosts with me. And uh, if you know uh, the relationship between me and my much smarter, much more talented, much more attractive wife, um, you, you know that uh, most of it is uh, me being told what I've done wrong. So you get to see that uh, up close and personal. Uh, she'll also motivate you, but you, you, you will see, you know, you'll get a little glimpse uh, at the uh, Chase Pelkey household and uh, my honey-do lists, my long honey-do lists. And then the the long sessions of what I didn't do right in my honeydew do list. We'll, we'll, we'll work all of that out. So it's a, it's a blast. In all, in all seriousness, it's just a fun, um, great experience. It's beautiful. And uh, Ryan and all the folks down there at St. Pete Run Fest do a really, really great job. So uh, if you have an opportunity to check that out, I highly recommend it. Maybe we could get you to do the half marathon next year, Carissa. I we could would do be down the show. Now, I'm sure Ryan would be into this. We could do the show from the St. Pete Run Fest. Oh, I would totally be down for that. So let's let's make that a plan because I'm usually, you know, my Ironman season is done. So I've got 
a whole four weeks at home. And next year I won't be doing rock and roll San Antonio, which I'm doing this year. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And I do want to shout out your wife. She was out there on the course at the wine and dine half marathon, saw some pictures with her. I talked to Barbara Galloway and I was like, did you see Jody? And she was like, no, but I saw this lady doing a thing where she was pushing a grill away from a man that was supposed to be her husband. I was like, they were doing a bit, Barb. They were they, they were, were doing a bit. Yeah. They were doing. Yeah, she was at. She was at a really great. Uh, and I wish she was here. She's actually working elsewhere. I'd have her pop in for a second. She was at the ten and a third mile mark, essentially, which she said was a really great place to be uh, for the half marathon because you know people with uh, three miles left and there there's a little bit of a struggle. So it, it was a lot of real a fun motivating folks. And uh, she said they they just had it. She and Eric, I'll shout out to Eric Pinder, who was uh, her compatriot out there cheering people on. Um, but she reiterated what we did. A lot of smiles, people really happy with the weather. It really, really had a had a great vibe. So if you saw the uh, if you saw the young lady out there with the hibachi <laughs> grilling grilling hot dogs, that was my lovely, my more lovely, more talented, smarter wife, Jody. Jody had a lot of fun. We all had a lot of fun out there, and we're so glad that you guys joined us. Come back next week. Riley Claremont, first time on the podcast talking about wine and dine. And a shout out to Katie McBride with Travel Mation, our amazing sponsor. We're a huge fan of using a travel agent in my family. Give her some love on Instagram at Travelmation. She can help you prep, plan, and get that perfect vacation underway. Her website is in the show notes. And thank you again to Katie McBride. And from one K to another, here's our chat with Kristen. Okay, civilians, it's time for the goods. Let's get on to the interview. Today's guest is a content creator, Run Disney costume specialist, and a perfect seasoner from the 2022-2023 Run Disney season. Please welcome to 321 Go, Kristen, aka Running in Makeup. Kristen, how are you? Where are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so good. And I'm presently in Austin, Texas, which is where I've been for the last decade. A I love Austin. Torchies is the weird. best. It's Torchies, real weird. Queso. Yes. <laughs> I have an Austin weird uh, hat from I did, a, I did a gig working for the Texas Historical Society and got to go there. Uh, and, uh, it just, just such a cool college towns are always so cool. Generally, if you're like me and you like live music and mm-hmm. sometimes affordable food options, <laughs> not always, but, uh, so, well, good, good for you. Good for you. All right, well, let's get started, Kristen. Let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's start before all of this Disney obsession costuming stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point. So I, um, I'm I'm what I'm what they call a, an adult onset runner. Um, I was <laughs> I've never, never heard that before. I love that. <laughs> I'm an adult onset runner. I <laughs> used to fake getting, you know, I used to fake sick to get out of running the mile in school because running was always used as punishment. You know, you cut up in class, you did something wrong, go take a lap or two, you know. Um, and so in my early thirties, it was right after I had my twins. They, um, you know, it was right around the year mark. It was their, their birthday party. Actually, I saw a picture of myself at that party and I had, I'm sure there's a formal term for this, but just the best way that I can describe it is kind of a reverse body dysmorphia kind of thing where I didn't realize I was that big until. I saw the picture and I knew at that moment that something had to change or I wasn't going to be around 
for them to watch the twins grow up and, and watch my, my oldest grow up. I didn't want to be the mom that was stuck on the couch and couldn't do anything. I didn't want that for, for myself or for them either. So I decided I was going to make a change. And, and in that, my husband does triathlons and he said, well, why don't you do, why don't you start running? I was like, why? Why would I do that? That is, it's why don't you love me? That's crazy. That is the craziest thing. No. Um, but my options were limited because uh, I have horrible balance. So the bike really wasn't a smart idea. And I sink like a rock. So the swimming was not not going to not going to do it for me either. And at the time I was under the impression that running was the cheapest sport out there, which now have come to find out it's not. So, um, well, I'll say this about running. The floor is pretty uh, is down there. I mean, if you want to go out and run in a pair of Chuck Taylors, uh, you you can do that, but you can, you're right. You can. The ceiling really creeps up quickly. <laughs> yes. Especially if you get into a habit of run Disney like like I did. So, um so I set out and and gave myself an out of 6 weeks. I'd found an app um on my phone. It was a couch to 5k program. It was 6 weeks long. And I decided that if at the end of that 6 weeks I either hated it still or didn't see much of a change or found something else to supplement with um, the running. So like going back to inactive was not an option. Then I could say, okay, I gave it a fair shot and I'm going to quit. I'm going to find something else at the six week mark. And here we are six and a half years later and I haven't quit. So, um, but that's, that's where it started. And then my first ever half marathon was less than a year into my running journey. And it was the 3M half marathon here in Austin in January of, of 2018. So uh, I would say that that escalated rather quickly. <laughs> it, really it did. did. <laughs> now we're going to dive into Run Disney soon, but I want to kind of go back to your journey um, after motherhood because we've had other moms on here and, and I'm a mom and we talk about the struggles that come after having kids emotionally and physically, like you mm -hmm. mentioned, when you started running, did you notice changes in yourself physically and emotionally, or when did that happen? I would say it happened probably within the first three to four, the first month, we'll just say the first month, um, because I was, Chris, I'm sure that you dealt with this too. You have this almost like a mom guilt of leaving them. Granted, it was for 30 minutes. Like that's all it was, but the guilt associated with that was really, really heavy. And so not only was I having to navigate this new, you know, physical fitness realm, but also learning that it's okay to step away from them for little pieces of time in order to become the best version of me to be the best mom for them. So it's, and I, I'm no expert on it at like at all. Don't, don't quote me on it. Don't write, don't, I will not write a book about it, but um, it's one of those things that you continuously learn. I'm learning new things about how to be the best version of me to be the best mom for them. And I do think running helps support that when you get away from the guilt, we were talking to somebody that said, we said like, you know, you don't take time for yourself as a mom, but if you're going to run, no one's going to tell you, no, don't go out and run, but you still, there's so much to dive through um, all those different layers. So you know, you started it to lose weight. Was that something that happened, you know, along your journey? Absolutely. Um, I lost over 70 pounds doing that and became 
the person that I think I was always meant to become. And and not not just physically, not just physically, but there's such a change that happens when you do lose that amount of weight, when you do commit and stick with a new routine, which for me, that was a fitness routine. There's there's just an all around inside out, top of the head to the soles of the feet change that happens. And it's it's a beautiful thing. I want to I want a quick follow up with that too because you know it, you're so many people talk about that how it it really institutes a life change it's not just getting out there and strapping on the shoes and going for a couple of miles so did you you found that everything uh, changed for you dietarily speaking your ideas about you know because people enter into it thinking it's all about weight it's really not it come health and, and weight are somewhat connected but as we know muscle weighs more than fat. So just, just numbers aren't important. So this was a whole life change for you once you started. Absolutely. Because I saw the value of what it was doing to me and why would I not want to share that with my family, with my kids. So meals changed. Um, the, the types of things that we were doing together as a family changed. It wasn't movie nights on the couch. It's going down to the park. It's, it's doing, you know, um, taking them to an indoor trampoline kind of place, which I would never, cause I would be the first one to break a leg. <laughs> There's <laughs> you know? a new one here in central Florida. I'm still, so those still go. terrify me, by the way. As a mom of a gymnast, we'll go after like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, that's it. We're done. We're not pushing it. Those are terrifying. I can't like my my anxiety about that because I work at a I work in healthcare. I work at a trauma hospital, and the the things that I have seen from those kinds of places like forever have cured me of wanting to go there. But you know, your kids have to live a little bit, so. Um, All right, we are going to move on to our Disney, but I do have one more question for you because I don't think we intended the podcast to go in this direction. But a seventy pound weight loss and what you achieved is is so inspiring to so many people. And you know, I'm a dietitian, and I hear from so many people that they say, "I started running to lose weight, or signed up for a marathon, lose weight, and I did it." So mm-hmm. you might have alluded to it before. What was your difference in in having the weight loss not just come from people think that just the running is going to fall off, but like there's obviously much more that comes with it. So what did you learn about yourself and and how to make that change maybe for people that have struggled? So I learned how to look at food differently. I started to look at food as fuel, um, which I know some people already do anyway, but some people don't. So um, I'm a very visual person. So I just imagined if I'm a car, what kind of gasoline am, am I putting in my car. You know, the the quality of the gas you put in the car really dictates how that car operates. So you are the same way. You are, uh, if you're putting junk food in, you're going to get junk out. And it really took a mindset flip of that. And it wasn't, I, the, the best thing to do, in my opinion, that helped me the most was you take it one meal, one snack at a time. Don't go into it thinking the whole mindset's going to flip. This is going to be awesome. I'm never going to struggle. But, you know, that's you're setting yourself up for failure if you go into it thinking that way. So um, you take it one meal at a time. You make one good decision about something at a time. And I was listening to one of the older um, podcasts or earlier podcasts from from y'all. And, and you were talking about that, about, you know, well, yeah, I want that pizza, but now I'm going to have that one slice, but now I'm going to make a better choice going forward um, as maybe something to supplement that or letting that be the one cheat meal or, or whatnot. So um, taking it one step at a time to quote Anna from Frozen, just do the next right thing. Make <laughs> yes. the next right choice. Like don't, don't make it more complicated mm-hmm. than it needs to be because it's really not. 
No, that, I like that visual. Well, that great, yeah, that will help people. There's that great quote at the Chinese pavilion at, uh, uh, at, at Epcot, and I always loved it, and it's from a philosopher that's name I can't remember, but the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, and I think if you pro- we approach everything that way, but we mm-hmm. don't. We look at the, the final goal, and then if we're not seeing a lot of movement in, in that direction, because it's not a straight line upwards achievement. So right. uh, a good point to make. Yeah, take it. So I should have one less slice of the pizza I'm going to be having for lunch. That's, that's a perfect. That's, that's a perfect. That's where I'll start. Next right thing. Yeah, yeah I thought I'm about you on you. game day, John. I almost texted you. Texted you. What are you eating over there? But I but I was sick. So I just let it. I just let it go. I was pretty good. I, I've, I've, you know, you know me that the, the dietary thing is pretty good. It's the exercise thing where I fall short. And sadly, I had a back injury uh, a few days ago. Uh, and so I'm I'm overcoming that. So I have to approach my exercise point in that sort of one step, which is essentially all I want to take is that one step, not the uh, two miles that I well, really need. Well, and that one step, though, is going to lead to your 10K, remember, because you are I doing know. that. I, I know. I know. I know. That, now that you have a setback, so keep a positive mindset, John. You have plenty of time. Uh, yes, you no, do. No, I'm going to do it. I, I know I will you do are. It. We know you are. You're going to. I'll do it. You're going to do it. You're going to. I'm, it's questionable if I'll enjoy it, but I'm going to do it. By God, I am going to do it. You're going to enjoy the end result. All right, let's let's thank you for sharing that story, Chris. I think it's super inspiring, and I hope that it's helpful to people that are in, you know, that same position or in that journey. But I want to take it to Run Disney. So you ran a half marathon. It obviously wasn't at Run Disney. So what brought you to Run Disney and when? I actually saw my sorority sister post about Run Disney on Facebook. And I was like, wait, hold on. What? You can run at Disney and not get in trouble for it. Because, you know, I imagine people just tailing it up Main Street and be like, walk, please. You know, um, I had no idea what it was. And then I saw her post about it on on Facebook about the uh, Princess uh, Half Marathon in 2017. And I was in the middle of my training for 3M for that half. And I told my husband about it. I was like, hey this looks really cool. I think I want to do this. And so for our anniversary that year, he wrote me an IOU for the registration into princess for uh, 2019. Cause at that point, 18 was already, was already sold out. And that's really where it started was seeing a sorority sister post about it on, on Facebook and realizing that it was a thing. And people, you know, at that point were, more uh, bounding, I guess, not like the full-blown costumes, but um, and getting to run up Main Street and have people cheer for you. And it's like you're the star of the parade. And why would you not want to do that? So that became the goal was to uh, was to run Princess in, in 2019. And I remember telling him, I think once I run that one, we I'll, I'll go do other races that I won't need to do anymore. And that that was a very big lie. That was a very big lie. <laughs> all right. Two things. First of all, your dog is so well behaved behind you there over, over your, I believe, your left shoulder. My dog, yes. the door's closed because Emmy Lou would be up in my lap. Um, so congratulations on that. And I want to ask you if you can go back to that first, because obviously you didn't know a ton about Run Disney and what, what it's like. Just a little bit run through the parks, which is a, how a lot of people uh, approach it. Um, how different was it for you? What were the most surprising things for you when you when you finally got your feet on the ground in a Disney race? How many people are there? <laughs> How many people are there? I don't know that I had a, an, an expectation per se with it. I had watched a bunch of YouTube videos um, of people running through and and whatnot, and that's what inspired me to start my channel. But um, so I had a, a relatively good idea about 
what the course looked like, but seeing it on a video and then seeing it for yourself are two completely different things. So I think that the sheer amount of people there and then how long we were standing around waiting in the corrals before it started. Uh, people don't show that on the video. You don't know that if you're towards the, the latter, uh, half of those corrals, you're, you're out there hanging out with, hanging out with y'all, honestly, for, uh, couple hours, you know, hour, hour and a half. So especially with the bigger races, but, um, so that was, that was something that was a little bit eye opening. Um, but then on the flip side of that, actually running up main street, actually putting running shoes to the ground on main street and having the entire left side of main street roped off with packed with people who were cheering, you know, you've got your name on your bib and you've got people that you don't even know calling out your name. Like you can do this. You're doing so good. And there is no feeling like it. And, and that's, that's that kind of like for, for my generation, the scholastic book fair high, if you will, <laughs> yes. that's, 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 that's what you chase. That feeling yeah. is what you chase. It is pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I almost tear up just like thinking about running it because you get it and you Same. see the castle. Because when I was a little kid, I was a, a huge Disney kid. And we went when I was really little, but we couldn't afford to go until I was like in sixth or seventh grade. And when we would leave the Magic Kingdom, I would turn on the ferry and I would watch the castle until like I couldn't see yeah. it anymore. Because when you're a kid, you don't have control about when you can come back and all these things. So it has this, this amazing pull on it. And to have that special experience where you're doing something that's empowering you yeah. In that environment, it's it's truly amazing. And so January and February, when the races go through the castle, it's is definitely one of a kind. They're my favorite. Did they're you love the of- first race? Were you like, man, those people on stage? They're just hilarious. I love them so. I <laughs> just kidding. You're like, what's going on? Who who are these people? <laughs> no, I like literally. So my friend Teresa was with me, and um, I, you know weaseled her into air quotes weaseled her into coming with me and she's hooked too but um i remember looking at at her and being like they're really funny like are these stand-up comedians like who who are these because i don't i didn't know why are these people here yeah Yeah, and i was like can we just run can we just go (laughs) shut up and let us run well i maybe maybe i did think that but now 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 being on kind of the other the more experienced side of it i understand why we're just doing our best to try to, to make pause. it less boring we, and we you, understand you do a fabulous job we have you to stand there the whole job. time too exactly you exactly know. so yeah. Well, at yeah, least we, we get to move a little bit y'all are literally standing same spot <laughs> well and, and i do think we're part of why we're funny is because no one has slept and when you're there's a little bit of a punchy we haven't slept humorousness to it all but but thank you for the kind words i just assume everyone's looking at us going please please stop talking so that we can run. no I, not I, everyone we, no i mean that's okay there's out. nothing we can do it's like sorry no, right we we need to make the point that it despite the fact that yeah we have to say three two one go there is someone telling us that we can do that it is not our decision at any point in time because we'd send you all off as quickly as we possibly could oh, yeah you know but they, they they do they do the race people do a great job and there is a reason why you're standing around all as as annoying as that may be it makes it a lot nicer out on the course. Well, and just like with everything, I think the more people know kind of the backs the backstage back scene part of it, the more that there there's more grace in all of that. Like you know, if if you realize oh they're holding us so that it doesn't get all clumped up on the course, right? Then people are like oh okay 
Yeah, that's cool. But if you've never done one and you don't know that, then you're just absolutely like, why that, am I that might come exactly. But even exactly. my first race, my first half marathon was Rock and Roll Virginia Beach in probably around 2004, maybe. And I got there and I was like bib number 30,000 and I didn't know. And I was like, wait, I don't, what, this is taking forever. Like, what's happening? This is boring. Like, why am I still, like, I just didn't I understand and I didn't love it. I still don't love waiting in line. That's just my, my personality. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you're listening and you're new to Run Disney, depending on what starting group you're in, you may have to wait a little bit. John and I will try to uh, entertain you. All right, we're going to jump forward from 2019 to last year. You ran, I think, 112.7 miles on Disney property. Mm-hmm. You did the perfect season. So why was I that did. your goal? You know, it didn't really start out as the goal. It just kind of happened. Um, I had gone into the season wanting to do all three races at wine and dine. Um, I think wine and dine is probably the, mo- in my opinion, is one of the more underrated weekends because you get the after party and uh, granted the weather, the weather can be a little, little tricky. Um, Cause last year it was warm and the year before, the year before it that it, it rained. rained and it was cold, so, but it was the first one back. Yeah. So I think we all, which like yeah. I would have run, I shouldn't say I would have run. I did run all through the rain on that one, <laughs> yeah. but I would do it again happily. Um, no, but I, uh, so started out with, with that wanting to do all three at wine and dine. And then I knew I was going to be doing dopey. So that's all four there. I always do all three at princess. So at that point it was like, well, what the heck? What's, what's three more? What's another 19.3? But as, as the season started and the, the challenges that arose in the perfect season, you know, came up like my overuse injury and that kind of thing. The, where it didn't start as the goal to do the perfect season, it ended with that because it was such a, a, a triumph of overcoming things that I think a lesser person may have been like, I'm out, I'm out, you know, both physically, um, you know, things that happen behind the scenes. Um, there's just, it was more of a celebration of mental toughness and strength and an overcoming demeanor than it was the actual physical part of it. Was it physically challenging? hundred percent. I think I'm still tired from it. (laughs) So, you know, I, but it's, um, it was such a, it was such a cool thing because I know that there weren't that many of us. I remember at one point, Carissa, you said the total number during springtime and I don't remember what it was, but I remember trying to remember it, but I, that's it. I can't remember. There wasn't that many. Someone please tell us. So, so yes, uh, please. Is there any video of that? Because uh, I remember too. I I, I can't remember. And, and it is small. And uh, to to uh, you know to the point. It's uh, the numbers are small, not just because obviously the distance is a lot and physically, but we just talked about it. The logistics of being there every weekend and doing it. That's the thing that I don't uh, really uh, commend folks like you enough on. Is that. You know, you you live in Austin. You're flying in. You're dealing with mm-hmm. all of those extra things. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask this question, though, as a quick follow-up on that, because as somebody, you know, we look at the Dopey Challenge, and I know when all when Goofy Challenge came out, we all thought, well, I, I can swear to you when they told the race announcers, we're going to do this, we were like, well, you'll get like four people to I know. We thought that was the dumbest. Not the dumbest. <laughs> Are you insane? Like, God, that's insane. Who would run a half and then marathon we thought it would all be- before a marathon? And we thought it would all be, you know, elite runners and people, but but it turns out to be a lot of more people like yourself who are veterans at this point of running. But you're not out front trying to win the race. Oh. When you when you mentally, how do you mentally prepare for 
a, a dopey weekend. And what 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 are your do you individually have goals per race or do you just approach it as one giant weekend? Uh, it just that fascinates me how you mentally prepare yourself for that. You have to go in with the knowledge of being and being okay with being uncomfortable, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the you'll hear people say, and I'm now in that camp of it's not the miles that get you, it's the waking up for five mornings and you know, that kind of thing, or four mornings, yeah. five if you're doing early uh, expo. But um, it's it's you go into it with individual goals, I do at least for each race. So the 5K, I knew I was going to walk that, I knew that. Like, no question, we're going to leisurely stroll this. It's no problem. We're going to take, we're going to get our money's worth on that course and be happy with it. You know, um, the 10K, because then you've got the balloon ladies in in the in play now. Uh, the 10K, I still do. I'm an interval. I'm a Galloway interval runner. Um, so I lengthened my intervals. I lengthened the recovery section of those intervals to where I was, you know, running for a minute, but walking for two you know, um, and just to keep movement on the legs, but keep moving, but also keep above balloon lady pace. The half was more, um, more of that. I did a one, a one, one interval with that, had a blast. It was so much fun. And then went into the marathon with the goal of hopefully I wanted a sub six thirty, and ended that was goal one. Goal two was if I couldn't do that, a sub 645, if I couldn't do that, a sub seven and on, I felt like, I feel like I was, you know, goal double A, you know, made it all the way to Z. Now we're back at double A, but that way you're at least you're meeting a goal. That's, that's, that's the end result is you're meeting a goal. So uh, my knee gave out at mile four and ended up walking the remainder of that marathon um, and still beat the balloon lady. So that's, you know, goal, goal Z was to finish. And, and I did, but I think going into it, like, like to, to circle back, I hate that term. Why did I just say that? (laughs) To circle back to, to what you asked. I think my previous email, no, I'm just kidding. Per, Per my email that I sent you on Friday afternoon. Um, no, you have to go into it with with goals that you're okay with meeting or maybe not meeting and then having a, another set. That way you can always be uh, victorious, if you will. You know, you can leave the, the the staging area at the end of the race knowing I met I met my goal. I set a goal. I met it. Was it the first one that you set? Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. But at least you can say I met that goal. Um, and that's to me, that's the best way to to, uh, to go into something like that because it's a big it's a big thing. Yeah, I and appreciate I appreciate you being honest about that because you know, again, we talk to a lot of people and so many people depending on where they are in their running journey, they you know, they approach it in different ways, but but I but I I like I I like that and uh, I'm going to use that for my 10k. I'm going to walk the first 5.9 miles and then and then that last like Hey, as long as you finish for the balloon ladies, John, you, you are a okay yeah. and you probably get to start at the front. And the later I finish, the less announcing at the finish line I have to do. So it like takes a little bit off my plate. So it is that, not easy uh, to announce after after a hard race, a, a, you know, ten k. But that time they made me announce after the half marathon. I've said this before. I was like a drunk person because I had actually <laughs> run the last three really hard. Yeah, um, and I was like, "You have on purple, hello hat." Like I don't know why. The, and Mark later was like, "You weren't supposed to announce." And I'm like, "Well, you gave me the microphone." No, no, no. It was entertaining for the rest oh of us. So you God. weren't supposed to announce. I couldn't read the thing. I was just like, "Shut up!" 
We appreciate that. By the way, that's how I felt after my 5K. So it stop is, being yeah. judgmental. Stop but you, being just, judgmental. you just stood on the side and people came and congratulated you. So you really felt like a king that day. You I really a throne, did. You had a line of people to congratulate you. They brought offerings. It was... Well. My legend, my legend runs deep. All right, let's uh, let, let's let's jump into the costume. See, we were part supposed to talk about costumes, and it's okay. We were supposed what's to talk about costumes. This is what we're here for. I know, I know. So let's jump into that. I, what I want to know: couple couple parts of this one, Kristen. The first race, what did you wear, and when did the costume thing become uh, a, a huge part of your journey? So my first costume that I did, it was for the uh, Princess 10K in 2019, my first Run Disney weekend. And it was a, excuse me, it was a Minnie Mouse polka dot skirt that I got secondhand off of Facebook Marketplace and a black tank top. That was, and some, some ears from the park. And um, in fact, I, when I finished the virtual series, last or in August, uh, the run Disney virtual series, the last one I did, I rewore that costume because I still had it. And I was like, let's talk about full circle moments. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? So because cool. you said you had looked at videos and you had kind of researched a little bit of run Disney before you knew that costumes were kind of a part of it in 2019. Yeah. 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 They weren't, they were not what they are now. I will say that. Um, and I think if you just a quick Google search for race pictures from 2019 and before we'll, we'll show that. But, uh, but I knew that like bounding and, um, looking similar to a, a character or whatnot was very much smiled upon on, on course and, and made for great pictures. Um, in fact, that first race, I remember we were going through, um, world showcase in Epcot and there's, I, it was my first attempt at a jump shot and I ended up, I need to go back and find this and post it because it's just hilarious. <laughs> I look like, a T-Rex about to annihilate the lady in front of me. Cause I've got one leg way higher than the other. My arms are like T-Rex arms. My mouth is a wide open. Like it was, it's so I need to go back and find that. That's a great picture. It's but, an art. Um, we should no, do like a jump shot day. We should pick a day and it's like, show us your, your worst jump shot social media day. <gasps> Let's that do that. Be, that should be a double. That, that'll be that'll be my submission for that. Yeah, that we'll find awesome. that one. John, you gotta you, you're not you're not there yet, John. So don't don't try any jump I, shots on the 10k. Yeah, I I didn't. You know, I'm I'm old and my ankles might not. It is an art. It is an art. I tell people on the boardwalk, you know, you got to jump a lot, but the boardwalk can be slippery. So yeah. there's a lot. You know, I think we all remember the picture where I was in some lady's picture last year at the castle because I didn't know which way to go. But uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, you bound it a little bit. What I think is interesting, and now I'm going off topic again, is that like Run Disney never said, wear costumes, wear costumes, John. It just, like when Princess happened, it it trickled in. Like there were fairy wings and there were maybe tiaras and like maybe some tutus. And then it just grew. Yeah. And maybe in the beginning of Marathon when Goofy came, like people would wear the Goofy hat. A little that bit, a is- little bit. And the Star Warsy type races, a lot of people, when we did those, people would dress up a little more. That became sort of a cause celeb for the yeah, Star Wars Yeah, but they Wars didn't races. wear full video cases. So, Kristen, no. let's talk about Such a good costume. some of your most memorable costumes. I'm talking about the video <laughs> case. I'm talking about the glitter cozy cone, which is really a favorite of mine, uh, I think, because of the glitter aspect. Uh, so talk about your costume evolution and some of your greatest hits, if you will. I think my first big costume that I 
commissioned out. I had a, a seamstress make it was a princess 5k of 22. And I was in a group where I was blue dress Cinderella. I had a friend who was pink dress Cinderella. And then our friend Teresa was fairy godmother. And we ran most of that course together with fairy godmother in the middle. So we were like a before, during, after <laughs> kind of thing, you know? Um, and then it, it just, it kept growing from there. That was the weekend that I was in the big princess cheerleader group that we were all so um, different princesses, but in like standard cheerleading outfits, we were carrying pom-poms. Awesome. We were, you know, making cheer tunnels for people on the course. And it was so much fun. It was just such a and fun, playful costume. That like everybody got like got it and just it like you said just brought so much fun. And that was honestly, when people get it, that makes it totally worth it. Granted, if one person gets it, it's totally worth it. But but being able to, I guess, make people smile during a half marathon, which sometimes I know um, you know, John, you may not smile a lot during your 10k but um <laughs> or life i hope you do or or life you know <laughs> um but but being able to encourage someone and like do a, a a little fake cheer for them on the course with your pom-poms is is really really fun so um so that's really when the i guess i kicked it up a notch with with uh costumes was that was that race weekend but then uh fast forward to dopey uh, honestly wine and dine last year i was the guitar from mm-hmm. Encanto. The silver uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Um that and then what else was I? Uh Jolly Holiday Mary Poppins for the 10K. And then I had two friends running as the penguins. So all of our uh race shots, I'm a little bit ahead of them and they're in the back acting like they're waddling uh with the little diner thing over their their fin, their their wings. Um Vacation Genie was during that one too. Uh but then Marathon Weekend was when it really the VHS box made its grand debut. So, um, I loved it because you, I don't know if y'all knew this, but we opened them and on the inside we had VHS tapes that were the actual tapes. And so Tara and I would run around and be like, have you ever been flashed at Disney? And they'd be like, no. And we'd be like, check this out. And we'd, you know, undo all the Velcro and open up the box. And here we are with this, this tape in there. And I mean, it was so, it was so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, that that one that one really got me. Our, you know, we our, the memorable costumes are, are are amazing, and then the some of the mashups. Trying to figure out what the mashups are at the finish line for the race. So yeah. that's and you get so frustrated. You're like, is, is it? Oh, it's oh, it's Darth. P, it's and then Darth they're Peter gone. Pan Max or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's just so remarkable how creative people are. Now you mentioned that you you had a seamstress do. Your stuff. Do you do any of it yourself uh, with some of your costumes? And what, what, how far in advance do you have to come up with the costume idea? So uh, to to go back to your first question, I have I have a lot of skills in life. You know, I'm <laughs> I, I pride myself in my ability to do a lot of various things, but sewing is not one of them. Okay. Uh, much to the chagrin of my mom and my two grandmothers, who are master seams seamstresses, um, but. I found this, uh, the seamstress through a friend and she's based over in Ireland. So with her, you have to get her things pretty early. Um, you know, I found, I've recently found another one that's here stateside and lives two streets over, but you know, um, but anyway, no, but you, um, you have to get the idea at least 
early because a lot of people, especially now that costuming with Run Disney is is as big as it is, they will get their dance card full real quick as to what they can take on. Um, but I, I will say, Carissa, the glittered cozy cone. I did that. Nice. I did that. That was a cone costume straight from the Zon, straight from Amazon <laughs> that I then took um, formal formal fabric from Joanne's, like in the formal wear section and um, had yards and yards of it cut and attached it by hand to that cone. And um, it was a, it was a labor of love. I learned that costuming is making costumes is not something that I find a ton of joy in. I find more joy in wearing and, wear, and, and create and thinking about them, but like it just had yes, the right amount yes. of glitter. Like it needed that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wouldn't yes. have been good without Without the glitter. And we're talking yes. about it takes a long time. So we're taping this in the beginning of October. Two weeks ago, I got I was getting pictures of the costumes they're working on for John and I. Um, our customers had some questions like, can you wear this? Is this going to work? Blah, 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 blah. So like it, it is. Yeah. A, well, John, I have. <laughs> Where was I for this? No one. No one reaches out to me. No, no one, one cares. No. Well, I, it's a costume I may or may not. Well, I guess this is going to come. This is going to air after one. You, you get to choose. I never no, get to choose. That's why I'm I always might... whatever characters killed early in the film. That's who I always play. It's something I might run You're always in. One of so the they parents, were inquiring then. whether I could run in it. Okay. And I was oh. telling them mama's going to need a sports bra. Basically. <laughs> but it takes so much time. Even for professionals yes. to do these, so yeah. that's, it's just so much. It's so much fun to hear uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes, right, John? Yeah, no, it, it really is, and it, it brings up a, a good question about you know we have uh, we have a good number now of the Run Disney costume creators, yourself included. Are there uh, are there anyone that really inspire you that you look towards and go, oh boy, there's somebody's really upping their game? You know the the Run Dopey group. The ones that um, they are always, they are always like chef's kiss. I don't know who <laughs> comes up with their stuff, but holy moly, they're, they're so good. And they're so sweet too. Like they're, you know, you admire them for their costumes, but they're just as nice in person. Um, Cindy Copley, Copley Couture. Oh, she's yeah. amazing. She's she's remarkable. It's like the things that she does a marathon in. I like. And like moving pieces, I feel like at one yes. time it was like some yeah. kind of like movement and a hat. Yeah, we're going to get Cindy here to kind of tell us all that. And she's there's one, too, of hers that she's got like the carousel around her skirt. Like what in what in tarnation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's remarkable. Um, yeah, she's. Yeah. So those are the two just right off the top of my head that are I always I look at them and I'm like, Man, wow, <laughs> wow. Do you have any so, costumes that you've seen on course in races that were faves of yours that that you didn't do, but you were like, that was that, you know, you kind of alluded to some of them, but any that you remember that you really liked? Um, I'm trying to think. There's just so many. The I, the ones that, that stand out to me are always the group ones. I feel like a group costume, and probably because it's just the sheer number of people, those tend to really stick in my mind is, is the group. There was, um, so my first, my first marathon was during goofy in 2020. That was my first ever marathon. So not only did I choose to tackle a marathon, I chose to do it as part of the goofy challenge and felt a little goofy making that choice, but here we are. So, uh, but I remember there was a group that they ran as the seven dwarves 
and they were like standard dress. And we were kind of doing that piggyback or like leapfrog with them and their intervals and whatnot. And every time they would go to run, the one in the very, and they would run in a straight line, the one in the very back would go hi ho. And then they all would go hi ho and they would all take off running. So there was an entertainment aspect to theirs wow. as well. This is good. So, this is stuff we don't, we don't know. We don't get to see. I it. always bring up. I always bring up choreography at the finish line. We have some people who do like little two-step stuff or corp, but that's pretty impressive that they're performing throughout. Throughout. And that was during the marathon because I have them on video right as we come into world showcase at the UK, as we're making that final, that final lap around to, you know, to come out to the finish line during the marathon. And they're still in line in sync, hi-hoing all the way to the finish line. (laughs) I'd have been like, please, I would. I just would have gotten, free. you know how you get to that part running where like your endorphins are low. You just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't say hi, oh, I'm too tired. <laughs> I would be the one that would turn on and be like, shut up. I know. <laughs> but like, no, good for I them. clearly have to be grumpy in that. That would have to be me in that. Well, yeah. Just, that Wait, would yeah, that's, stay with my We've never my been for it. We've never, we've never uh, touched that sort of. We haven't. Snow White actually hasn't gotten a lot of love, even at, at Princess. We've really never yeah, gone into that realm. 2018 was the last time she was on a medal. But we, I don't think we've ever, I've been, I was Snow White. I take that back. I I was Snow White twice because I was pregnant in one of the pictures. So we have once done it, but it wasn't super memorable. You were, you were Snow White in one of my races. Yes. In, I, I, I think I had the same shirt twice. And one year I'm pregnant. But like that, you can't really tell, but I'm pregnant. Um, I so I do remember. Same year I was Bambi's mom. You're never Bambi's mom, John. Never. It's not going to happen. Yeah, we don't really do a lot I'm of... I'm the Porg, so I'm lunch. Great. Lunch, yes. That's, you know, that's generally... <laughs> Apparently, you're, you're going to really be something porg? really good at wine and... Oh, I've been the Porg a number of times. Yeah. Really? I'm always, okay. If it's a Star Warsy thing, I'm the Porg for whatever. See, and I, I never I never got to do a Star Wars race. I They, they gave those the axe. You can imagine the... Uh, the level of costuming for something like that, because now you're you're introducing, and this is, and as a huge nerd, and I consider being called a nerd a a, a positive thing, the sure. nerddom involved with those folks, uh, the costumes were pretty pretty remarkable, and the mashups were amazing because they do the classic Disney Star Wars mashup uh, princess stuff. It's just crazy. Oh, and I see, I'm a I'm a big Marvel fan, so like uh, Marvel mashups would be whew, see a little I'll bit be- of that. Captain we do America. see a little of that. All day race ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope it comes back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but just to 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 circle back, uh, <laughs> my favorite my favorite costume was um, the VHS tape. Obviously, is in a league of its own. But the the skirt that I wore for the ten miler to finish out the perfect season, um, it had different panels in it and it was a piece of every costume that I had worn the entire season. So, um, so 13 races. So there were 13 components to it. There was, uh, 10 panels around it. Uh, the, the tool underneath, uh, represented the cone cause it was orange. And then the, the waistband was green, which was no, that's reversed. The, the tool was green to, to do the Mike Wazowski, getting Mike Wazowski that we were for the 10 K the waistband was orange for the, for the cozy cone. And then I wore it for the final, for the final race of the season. So that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Where is it now? Is it like, I would frame it. I don't know. It's so cool. It's hanging in my closet, like where I look at it literally every day. Good. So you should, that's a huge accomplishment. That's such a great way to sort of memorialize that. All right. uh, This year 
Do you have any costume plans in work? You don't have to tell us, but you know, is that underway? I do. I, yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, Disneyland, I'll, I'll, I've given some hints out, but uh, Disneyland, we're going to do uh, a nod to the opening day rides for Disneyland for one of the races. Great. Um, and then, Great and then Princess, we're going to have a pretty large group for the half for, um, for something. Uh, okay. I'll just, uh, they're, they're a Magic Kingdom staple. I will leave it at that. Oh, do they okay. sing? Wow. That's Chrissy, you'll have to let me know what happens in Disneyland since West Coast run Disney and I don't get along. They love uh, you. They think you're they very entertaining. No, they think you're very entertaining. They, 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 I'm very entertaining when I'm th- three time zones away, apparently. That's <laughs> Why don't you start like a petition and we'll all sign it to get Because those there. don't work. I assure you, uh, Disney petitions generally for race host, it'll go it'll go the opposite direction. Please just pretend like you don't know who I am. I don't want to be too too well known. They'll, I will say they'll... I am extremely lucky that I get to go. And, and I have said this for years. It is like the greatest privilege of my life to be able to go. So I do not take for granted that they have so much talent there and they choose to like fly me over and go do all of that. Um, so I, I don't think it's anything against John. I think it is costly to to bring somebody all the way, you know, across the country and put them in a hotel and all that kind of stuff. So I am so grateful that I am going back this year. Never been to Disneyland. Probably never going to go because of all of this. I, 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 I You've take it never all been? Nope. No, I'm an East Coast I'd, kid. Growing up, well, I thought there was the Mississippi River and then the earth fell off the other side. I didn't off. know. It. Yep. Yep. Haven't spent much I, time out I there. I just went. I just went for the first time back in August. And it's amazing. Yeah. The castle. So, that's what they tell me. Notwithstanding. Same with you. I yeah. I grew up going to Florida. To me, that why why have any other park besides Florida? Yeah. Because everything yeah. is so close. Because you can do so much. I will say it blew my mind that you can walk out the main gate of Disneyland and across the little concourse and you're over at DCA. Like, what is that? I know you are what gonna love magic? it because imagine like expo vibes where you're seeing people, but like all the time. Yeah, like it's yeah. literally like a reunion. You everywhere you walk on a Disneyland weekend, you're like, "Hi, hi, hey!" It's so much fun. I mean, you know that I consider the expo an event. I know. Well, itself. you said that earlier that you had to get up five days, and so John, we don't take that into account. We complain about having to get up four days. We don't. We don't go to the expo and get merch. We don't go to the expo anymore. That's our rehearsal day. We just go. We get to try our costumes on that day, so it's very exciting. Work and we day go for through us, our scripts. In air quotes. We, but uh, right, right. I did think this year, though, I don't have any, like, so I have a couple Run Disney shirts that are when we used to get stuff that are running shirts. I was like, I don't really have any Run Disney gear, so I may suck it up and, and go to an expo. Only because it's a, we don't, we don't, it's a lot to overcome. Virtual queue, all these yeah. kinds yeah. of things. So I may need to put on my big girl pants and a. Kind of like the Hunger Games. I not going to lie. I know. <laughs> maybe I feel, maybe, maybe someone will, I can, Venmo, I can Venmo somebody. But I want some Run Disney gear to, like, wear yeah. you know, around in the I parks. Know. All right, now we Since they instituted costumes for us, we don't get any of that swag anymore. We I know used we used to, to get we, we used to get stuff. In Disneyland, we always wore the last race day we wore merch and they let us keep it because they couldn't use it again. So I have like a lot of circa 2015 <laughs> Disney jackets. I'm just gonna turn off my microphone and camera when we talk about Disneyland. Just, just go know, dark. For, for my, my position and I'm just, <laughs> just gonna go dark like a, as a protest. In protest. I'm yeah. gonna protest, yes, exactly. <laughs> going dark. All right. Well let me, let me ask you this because this is we are uh we're we're low at a month out from uh uh from wine and dine as we record. But this, this is gonna air after wine and dine, so but it's fine. It will. So you don't you're not you won't be giving anything away. Uh any plans wine and dine wise 
for you that you want to tease. It'll be a post-race tease. Well, then It'll I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, no, I'm, I'm in a group and they are themed. We are themed after John. Just pretend, just smile and nod like you know what this is. Um, so there's the Alice in Wonderland dark ride there. Okay. And there's a scene in it where she's going through the dark forest. So we've got people who are trees that say like this way, that way, um, drink this, eat this. So we've got trees. We've got Alice. I'm doing a glammed out white rabbit. Um, uh, we've got a mad hatter. Like we're, we're like that, that room in, in that dark ride, which come to find out ended up being probably my favorite dark ride outside of small world. Cause that again, lives in a category of its own but um so that's that's what we're doing for for wine and dine we're really excited so and then you're not doing the half well you won't have done the half or the 10k for wine and dine what are you doing instead i'm handing out medals i'll be in the finisher shoot handing out medals and i don't know what i'm more excited about doing that or running the race so i'm excited to see it from a volunteer perspective and um, getting to hand out medals and congratulate people on their accomplishments because having been on the course and not know if you're going to finish it, it means a whole lot to have somebody hand you a medal and say, congratulations. You did it. Yeah, you did it. And I'm proud of you. I didn't realize my 5k medal was a medal. I thought it was somebody had handed me like a cookie and a wrapper because instead of putting it around, they like hand. And I was at that point, I was just so happy that I'd finished, and I was slightly nauseous and all those things when you you know over I overexerted myself and whatnot. And uh, so I, I'm I'm walking with this thing in my hand, and I'm thinking, somebody going to give me a medal at some point, or should I just eat the cookie? And and then I looked down, I went, oh oh okay, thank you, glad I didn't say that out loud. And then so, you were sad. Well, we have cookies in the trailer in the, in the we, lunch bag. We do, we do. All right, Chris, before we let you go, we always uh, we have a couple of questions that we always wrap up uh, yeah. our podcast with. And the first one is, when you find yourself in a hard place, when you're training for something, when you're preparing for something, and and you hit you hit that wall that we all sort of hit when, when there's a difficulty, what motivates you to keep going? Gosh, I think it's a combination of things. It's my family, my kids, um, because not only am I doing this for myself, I'm doing it so I can be around longer for them. But then also remembering that there will, and this is a common, common ish phrase, but there will be a day when I physically can't do this. And today is not that day. Um, that I am stronger than whatever wall I've come up on. And there's no better feeling than knowing that you have pushed through something that a lesser version of you, maybe a version of you from a month or two ago, would have just sat down and been like, no, we're done. I'm done. I can't do it. Um, so those are really the things that I that I lean on a lot. Yeah, that's such a powerful reminder because we don't know what lies ahead. So we have to mm-hmm. take the day and celebrate You know, everything that our body can do on that day. All right. What is the most inspiring thing you have seen at a race? So there's so many things. I think the most inspiring thing that I've seen is the mile, what is it, 19 through 23, where you're coming out of the animal kingdom. You're on that long stretch of highway. There's not shade in sight. <laughs> and it's that that stretch of road where people's sheer determination really kicks in. And to be out there amongst the proud back of the Packers, which I am, you get to see people reach out and encourage strangers. 
I had a lady come up to me and she said, I, I can't believe I'm seeing you all the way back here. And I'm thinking, yeah, me either. But here we are, you know, um, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not just like sitting in the driver's seat of the struggle bus. Like the wheels are off. The steering wheel's gone. We're just, we're, we're on rims at this point, you know? Um, but I said, you know what? I said, I'm not stopping. So if you need to hang with me, we're going to cross that finish line together. And that was more often than not, not just with me, but with other people around, like people just kind of taking other runners under their wings and being like, stay with me. I'm not going to let you quit because I see something in you that you probably have on, you know, different colored glasses that you can't see in yourself right now, but you're going to finish this. Stay with me. So it's just this big family. It's just a big family atmosphere. And then the other thing too, is seeing the, the, the parents who are pushing their, their kiddos in, in the wheelchairs, like that gets me every stinking time, every time, uh, during princess in 20, two we were uh in cone alley back where cinderella and prince charming and the carriage and stuff are and in front of us was a dad pushing his daughter in a wheelchair and she was dressed as cinderella and the just audible sobbing that was going on in that line you know i assume just because of how precious that was not because everybody was hating their life uh, (laughs) but anyway it's things like that it's the it's the family it's the not let not letting anyone fail um no nobody crosses that finish line alone it's unlike any other race that i've ever been to um or experienced yeah it really is and you know we use, we overuse the word magical but we when you see that no it is it, it really is it, it, it really is. is and i always remind everyone it's going to be magical but it's still 26.2 miles yes so spend you a little time respect. on your training <laughs> you have to respect the distance you have to respect yeah. the distance and then the last magical thing was during uh my first marathon uh during goofy i had wanted my parents to be there so bad I wanted them to be on Main Street and they were like, oh, no, we can't. We're not going to be able to be there. I'm so sorry. And growing up, going to Disney World in the time before cell phones, they had always told my brother and I, if we ever get separated from you, go to Casey's. Casey's was our spot. Like that, that was like the re, the re, the reuniting juncture was there. Yeah. <clears throat> and so during that, uh, like going out for, for Goofy, my mom was like, if you, if you can just get a selfie in front of Casey's, we'll be good. Like that'll be like we're there. Um, so here we are, half marathon morning. We're running up Main Street. And I tell Teresa, who's with me, I said, pull left because, you know, Casey's is on the left as you're running up Main Street. And right as I do that, I see my sweet little mom peek her head out from Main Street. She and my dad had flown in and not told a soul about wow. it. And they were like, we're, there's no way we would miss this. And um, so, so it's those, it's those Main Street moments yeah. like that. And that's all on video. And I'm like snot and tears. Oh my crying. gosh. That's amazing. That's so awesome. That's uh, but, yeah. But that's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's those little things that are, like you said, it's just magic. It's just yeah. magic that I, I hope that everyone at some point in their life can experience. Yeah, it is really, it is really special. And we do a lot of, we're lucky enough to do a lot of other races. Carissa particularly does a, a lot more races and they all have something about them. But this is, I mean, obviously given most people's history with Disney, it's a lifelong thing they've known since they were a kid, no matter where they are on the Disney spectrum, either just sure. a absolute Disney nut or just somebody who was like, wow, I really enjoyed the wonderful world of Disney when I was a kid. You, you see yeah. them uh, really give into it. All right, Kristen, if people want to follow you and why wouldn't they? 
Where can they know. follow you on social media? Where can, what uh, and 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 what do you what else do you have on your plate? Non Disney running this uh, fall and early spring, I guess. So if you want to follow me, I'm over on Instagram at uh, running in makeup. And then my YouTube channel is also running in makeup. I do um, training videos and run run Disney stuff, race reviews, course run throughs, all that jazz. Uh, the event guide will at the time this comes out will have already come out for for wine and dine. And I have become somewhat synonymous with a follow the bouncing head Kristen all through the course. Uh for for the for the event guide, because uh, I'll I'll take you through every part of of the course and where you can expect nutrition and and water stops and bathrooms, hello, and um, all that good stuff. So over on uh, YouTube, running and makeup, and then as far as other running things, I love a good local race. So there's several coming up in the spring around here. One of my favorites is the Bluebell. Y'all have Bluebell there? Bluebell ice cream? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The banana pudding. It's the best. It's the best. It's Okay. So maybe, okay, here's here's my proposition to you, John. You need to come here so we can do the Bluebell fun run because it runs in Brenham which is where the creamery is. And you run through all like the, where the, the cows are not like in the pasture, but, um, and then at the end of it, you get as much bluebell ice cream as your heart can hold, you know, Johnny so you can, intrigued. So you Johnny can undo all intrigued. the, you can undo all the good you just did by <laughs> pigging out on bluebell. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so, I'm so into that. Absolutely. So if they have that banana pudding ice cream with vanilla wafers in it, yeah, well, because you you go to the creamery at the end of it, and you get like the Come old on. fashioned. Yeah, it's it's so good, so good. It's in the spring in Brenham, no. so you can either fly into Austin or fly into Houston. It's about it's right in the middle between the okay. two. Okay, all no. right, I'll 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 pencil it in on my schedule and see if I there can. There you make go. It. That's this is your formal invitation. <laughs> Do you have to run to eat the ice cream? That's just the question. I, I I'm asking I mean, you for could, a friend. Yes, John. You can, yes, honest. Yes, you do. Yes, Carissa says that you do. But honestly, time wise, though, you're better off doing the 5K or the 10K because of when they start and when you potentially would finish. If you oh. do the half, the, by the time you're done, the creamery's closed. Oh. So why? Why would you know. even? No, makes no sense. Priorities. It's poorly set up. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kristen. This was great. We will see you at Wine and Dine, and we'll see you at Disneyland. Thanks, Kristen. Sounds good. Thank y'all. All right, athletes. Here's the drill. Time to shape up your diet. Carissa, give them the goods. All right, John, we can agree on something. Even though you're not a woman, menopause sucks, huh? Yes. My uh, my lovely wife has dealt and is dealing with it. Be and careful. It, and it does. It Be careful. Walk, you're walking a fine line. Yeah. So, yeah. I will say the question I get more than anything or with healthier you people joining it is because they're in menopause and they want to lose weight and everything, everything has changed. So this is something that if you're dealing with, we can definitely help you with a healthier you. But again, I always believe in acknowledging changes and, and what's going on. So the hormonal changes are huge. Your estrogen levels are decreasing significantly. And this hormone shift actually leads to a redistribution of body fat, causing it to accumulate around the abdomen, which it's even harder to get rid of. So what you want to do here is when you notice that happening, start tracking your calories 
and reassessing your baseline. How much do I eat a day? And and finding where you start so you can know how to sort of adjust that. Because the other thing that happened is your metabolism tends to slow down. So your body is burning fewer calories than it was. You're gaining abdominal fat. This doesn't sound fun. And it's not fun, but again, tracking calories is going to help you even if you only do that for a couple weeks. So you have to know where you are to kind of make some changes. It's also going to change your appetite. So with these hormonal changes, you may experience increased hunger and cravings for high calorie comfort food. All of this makes it harder. So in this situation, what I encourage people to do is find healthy swaps. I remember many years ago, Hungry Girl was a book that made a lot of like lower calorie swaps for things. So looking at things like that, looking at volumetrics eating where you've swapped some maybe like substitutes, whether it was zucchini noodles for pasta or half and half. So you still get that satiety feeling and comfort feeling from the food because you're going through a lot but for less calories. Um, And the last thing to think about is with these changes, muscle loss. So you're losing muscle mass, which is further lowering your basal metabolic rate. So strength training is really, really important. So if you're a runner out there, make time for strength training. There's so many online apps. Peloton is the one I use that have strength training components. So make sure you just discipline with yourself with getting in that strength training like two times a week, that's going to be the best place to start. And then if you want to dive into it deeper, really work on it, I'm happy to help you with Healthier You. Like I said, it's something we deal with a lot. Go to GallowayCourse.com. It's going to be a 12-week course. So you're getting nutrition education. You're getting guidance. We have monthly Q&A sessions where you can ask your questions. We can dive into what you need to work a little bit on. Um, And then use the code podcast to save $150. Athletes, listen up. It's mail call time. Announcer free, present... All right. Thank you, Sarge. Uh, Today's mailbag, it's just a nice note that we want to read, Carissa. I follow a uh, a, someone on TikTok who posts something positive every day. She posts a great positive story. And that's, I think, something we should all do in a, in a, in a, in a, to quote Don Henley, uh, today's graceless age, or to misquote Don Henley, uh, we should share more positive things. So let's share a positive note that you and I got. Uh, for the podcast. Yeah, this is from Patrick Daly, and he says, congratulations on the launch of your wonderful podcast. That is what he said. I did not alter the words at all. Uh, He says, although it's only been going on for a few weeks, it has quickly become a must-listen each time a new episode drops. He appreciates how well we're able to transfer our onstage enthusiasm to this new medium. Well, thank you, Patrick. He says he was fortunate to run Wine and Dine in 2022, where we were both announcers. But this year for Patrick, it's not in the card because of his IT ban, but he's working to convince his wife to do her first half marathon there in 2024, as well as his daughter, who will have just turned 14 by race day. So Patrick, we hope to see you guys there. He goes on to say thank you for all of your encouragement within the race community. And I look forward to hearing you both on whatever pod, wherever podcasts are available or while shivering on Walt Disney World property at 4 a.m. And, and shivering is a good thing, not for me, but for right. most runners because that means it's not, it's not too hot. But me, I'm in the parka. But that was so kind of Patrick to take the time to do that. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and 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 uh, we're sorry we won't see you this year, but we look forward to seeing twenty twenty four. You know, things come up, and it, uh, it it's great that you've set that goal moving forward. And again, thank you for the positive uh, feedback on the podcast. I can speak for both of us and say we really, really appreciate that. Now, as a season runner, Carissa, ever had IT issues? 
So yes, that was actually the knock on wood. This is not actually made out of wood. I think this is something is. Um, the main injury that I had years ago, I ran two, I ran a half marathon and I do what a lot of people do where it's like, oh man, I was so close to a PR. I can go better. So I signed up for another one right after it. it was 30 seconds away from that PR, but right after that, because I thought I could go out and get it again, I had an IT issue. So what helped me is one, dialing it back, having to take a little time off. But I had a, a band that went above my knee and kind of put pressure on that IT band. But the most important thing, and I'm sure Patrick knows this, but if you're out there and you're thinking about like preventing injury is one, making sure you're stretching. So stretching out, you know, your hip flexors, the pigeon pose for me, um, Google it if you don't know which one it is, but doing the pigeon pose after long runs, remembering to stretch really helped prevent things from getting to a point where it became a recurrent injury. Um, but if you're having any IT band issues, the foam roller too, unfortunately, is going to be your friend just, and it's painful. There's no way around it. Have you foam rolled, John? I have, yes. Oh, man. I mean, but it, it helps. Like when you lay on one it of those does. knots and you feel it release, like there is that there. So being disciplined enough with the stretching, the foam rolling, and then making sure that you have the right shoes and everything, and then avoid the terrible twos with all running. Do you know what that means? The terrible twos, no. John? No. Too far, too fast, too often. And another two is when you're upping that long mileage, don't do more than two miles upping your long run every time. So, but Patrick, thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And if you guys out there have a question for us, uh, do you have a nutrition question? Do you have a costuming question? Do you want to know more about Jody and menopause? Am I going to get in trouble for that? (laughs) Oh, no, I will, but you're fine. You should be good. Email us, 321gopodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, or you can send it to me on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to answer your questions. She's going to listen to this. and We love you, Jody. Boy, is my, my honey-do list is going to get much longer. But your back this. is hurt, so. It, it, it is. It is. I'll pretend it's not getting better. All right. Thank you guys Great for listening. Great time today. Yeah, thanks, Kristen. We'll see and you real soon. Thanks to everybody for listening. Why we'll do I always wave? Time. No one can ever see me, but every time I'm waving... Yes, Carissa is waving. Double hands. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.